0: Send a very warm welcome to you all. It's great to have you here today. Let's begin, as we always do, by reading the timeless Word of God. Here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel that I preach to you, which you have received, in which you stand. And by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then he appeared to the twelve. And then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of whom are still alive. Even though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then he appeared to the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. And I pray that he appears to you in your life as well. Would you please stand with us as we sing our first hymn together, Be Thou My Vision, hymn number 562. Again, welcome. Very glad to see you today. My name is Eric. Eric, Bryan, thank you for coming to Dohista today. Today we have kind of a fun and different day. We have with us some of our Girl Scouts today. Today is Girl Scout Faith Sunday, and so you've met them in the back as they greeted you today. Thank you, ladies, for being brave, being strong, letting us pray for you, for reading the scriptures. I hope you always find a chapel family here and wherever you go in life. Um, I've been thinking about this summer. Um, I know we're a couple months away from the summer, but this is the time when we start thinking about welcoming families and welcoming singles into this community. So I know there's got to be better ways that we can welcome families and welcome singles into Stuttgart. So let me know your ideas. How can we start serving this community in very practical ways, loving our neighbors? Also, on the end of July, um, as we customarily do, we have Vacation Bible School. It's coming up. um, Last week of July, early part of August. Mark your calendar. Um, Come talk to me. I would like to make this year's event even better and different. So if you have ideas, if you're going to be around in late August, excuse me, late July and early August, come talk to me. Our children are important, and let's give them a really good year this year. Um, a couple other announcements too. We have a children's choir that is formed. That's exciting. We're going to be singing for, I think, Palm Sunday. And so children afterwards, come up here afterwards. We're going to have practice today with Miss Rachel. Also, if you are invested in prayer, and you are a prayer warrior, some of the ladies of this congregation meet afterwards, right in the back part of this, the sanctuary, back there in the, in, the, in the rear of the chapel. Come join them after the service. We'd love to have you be part of some intentional prayer for our community. All um, the rest announcements, you can see they're in the bulletin. Please read them as you can. The values of our chapel, they're in the front of the cover of the bulletin. I hope they resonate with you. And as we sing today, sing with joy, sing with faith, sing with awe, and sing with thankfulness. Let's stand and sing this next hymn together He will hold me fast. Please stand with us.
1: My name is Lena. I've been in Stuttgart for three years and a part of Girl Scouts for two years. I am a part of Girl Scouts Junior Troop 526. The Girl Scout promise states that on my honor, I will try to serve God in my country, to help people at all times, and to live by the Girl Scout law. So you see, Girl Scouts and God go hand in hand. Many of the tenets found in the Girl Scout law are echoes of tenets found in the Bible, such as being honest and fair, responsible for what I say and do, and respecting authority. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your service today. Our Old Testament reading, Psalms 27, verses 1 through 5, is found on page 393 in your pew Bible. If you are looking up the verses in a Bible app on your phone or tablet, we are reading from the New International Version. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, my enemies and foe who will stumble and fall. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I'll be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze up on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his secret tent and set me high upon a rock.
2: Good morning, my name is Mina and I've been in Stuttgart for one year and part of Girl Scouts for six. When most people think of Girl Scouts, the only thing that comes to mind is cookies. But did you know we're a lot more than that? The Girl Scout mission is to build girls of courage, confidence, and character who will make a world a better place. Our troop meets here in the Chapel Annex, and we would like to thank Chapel staff for supporting and encouraging us. Our New Testament reading is from the book 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11-21, through 21, which can be found on page 841 of the Pew Bible. You, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of internal life, which you are called and made of your good confession in presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives everything in Christ Jesus, who is testifying before Pontius Pilate and made good confession, I charge you keeping this command without spot or blame, and appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about his own time, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and lords of lords, who is alone and immortal, and who lives unapproachably like, whom no one would ever seen or can see, through him honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich and present in this world to not be angered, ignorant nor put the, to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous for willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves in firm foundation of the coming age so that they may hold for the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted in your care away from godliness, chatter, and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all.
0: Ladies, thank you for being so brave and so good at reading the scriptures. I I hope that you always have a love for God's word wherever you go in life. Uh, Psalm 27, when you read Psalm 27, a fantastic psalm. I'll repeat some of the words that you said because I want you to hear them again really well. One thing I have desired from the Lord that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord All the days of my life. To our Girl Scouts um, and to any young man, any young woman here today, wherever you go in life, even beyond Stuttgart, may you always find a true home among God's people. This house of the Lord, it's so much more than a building. The home of the Lord will never be sold It's a place you can always return. It's a home of rest and we always gather together on Sunday. Do you know why? Because this is the day that the Lord made rest when he died on the cross for us and he made all things right and gave us rest. Amina, thank you for reading 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's the last chapter of one of Paul's last letters that he wrote to a young pastor named Timothy. And the words that struck me, and I hope stuck with you too, is this. Fight the good fight of faith. The good news is that our Christian faith is a rational faith. There's evidence behind our faith. It's confirmed in geology and archaeology. Anticipate that the world is of disorder. That's the claims of the scriptures. Some will swerve from the faith, but take heart. God has overcome the world. So guard the good faith that has been entrusted to you, young ladies. Fight this good fight of faith. It is well worth it. Each week, um, we collect an offering in this chapel. I hope it is an opportunity for you and all of us to express our love for God, to express our gratitude to him. Giving is an expression. Always has been an expression of worship. Fortunately, the money that we collect in this chapel always goes to Stuskart's programs. We have Protestant Women of the Chapel coming up soon, a big retreat event they have. So if you're able to give, thank you. Thank you for being generous in your giving. At this time, I I think our ladies will come up and serve as our ushers. Thank you. Please be seated. <clears throat> By God's design, it's not our design. He has made prayer one of the ways that he chooses to move in power. And it's through prayer that God protects us, of course. He, he guards us. He grows us, often in ways... That we never see through prayer. I would like to invite our Girl Scouts, if you'd being so brave once more, to come up with me so that we might pray for you today. Would you mind being coming up and letting us pray for you today? Now I don't want these ladies to stand alone. If there happen to be any other scouts in the audience, I know we had Boy Scout Sunday and they had Um, venture crew and we have Sea Scouts. If any Boy Scouts are in a crowd, please come up and join them. We'd love to pray for you too. And if there are any other students, students who might be brave, who might want us to pray for them today too. Doesn't matter how old you are, we'd love to be able to pray for you today, if not just for our Girl Scouts. Come on up. Thank you. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Would you mind praying with me today as we pray for these young men and women? Dear Heavenly Father, we read these words earlier, but we say them again because it's your word. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God, for each of these young men, these young women, Lord, give them a vision. Give them a mindset, a real desire right now, even at a young age, to walk in light, not darkness. Because God, your light removes fears. Your light makes things clear. And so as we walk in light, God, your truth, that's how these young men and women will gain their confidence from you. So God, during this time that these these young men and women have in Stuttgart to prove to be close to them during this time while they're here. Grow them. Give them spiritual awakening during this time they're in Stuttgart. We ask for your Holy Spirit's help in this way, in which we cannot do it, but you can. God, give them armor the armor that your word teaches them. Give them. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Give them the breastplate of righteousness, truth around their waist. Wherever they walk, wherever they step, feet with the gospel of peace. And, so appropriately on Girl Scout, Faith Sunday, give them the shield of faith. Faith to believe, faith to trust, Faith, God, to trust you in all things, every part of their life. God, armor them up. Even at a young age, make them ready to fight this good fight of faith in days ahead. And God, lastly, too, may they at a young age learn how to pray well. Confidently praying, confidently calling on your name. Prayer, of course, in the quiet moments of the day when they're alone, but also prayer with friends. Prayer among a church family like this is today. Friendships, God, that they, they meet here in Stuttgart. May they be lasting friendships. True ones, strong ones, real ones that endure in years to come. Jesus, you are the one who taught your disciples how to pray. Never, ever to pray out of mindless repetition. Never at a show. God, many of us have remembered these words because we've committed them to memory before. You taught us how to pray so that when we're stuck, when we don't know the right words to pray, these words come to mind. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, the glory forever and ever. And Lord, be with these scouts every single day of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God's word that we will teach from today comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was the ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, 12 years of age, and she was dying. And Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind Jesus, touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. For I perceive the power has gone out for me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden she came trembling falling down before him declared in the presence of all the people why she had been touched why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed and Jesus said to her Daughter your faith has made you well go in peace while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house, that's Jairus' house, came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe. She will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James And the father and the mother of the child, all were weeping and mourning for her. But they said, do not weep. She is not dead. She is sleeping. But they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, Jesus called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned. And she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given to her to eat. (laughs) And her parents were amazed. Jesus charged them to tell no one what had happened. This is the reading of God's Word today. Thanks be to God. Today on Girl Scout Sunday, I think it's beautiful, I think it's very fitting. God has placed a special place in his word where he stops everything and he honors the life of a 12-year-old little girl. A reminder, not every society honors 12-year-old girls. Not every religion, not every church, not every culture respects 12-year-olds. It's one of the things that I think has impressed me most about who Jesus is. I hope you feel the same. In contrast to how much of the world operates, Jesus stops everything. And he respects the life of a 12-year-old. To the Girl Scouts who participated in today's service, and of course, to all of the young women, all the young men gathered here, if you remember anything from today's service, I hope you remember this. If the creator of the universe, Jesus, if he stopped to honor a 12 year old, what does that say about how much he values you? But in today's text, we see something even more richer about Jesus, something we don't see in too many places. Jesus stops. What is it about the heart of Jesus that moves Jesus to stop? Have you ever thought about it? You might ask the question, what impresses Jesus? What moves the heart of God? You know, over the last couple of months, we've done some good, we've, we've talked about the excellence of Jesus here very imperfectly, but we've talked about his mission. We've learned who Jesus is in his roles. He is fully God. He is fully man. We've talked about Jesus' superb example in his suffering. Jesus is the one who carries sin, not us. And Jesus has roles. He has, he's the Savior. He's the Lamb of God. We've spoken about his mission, his, his character, his roles, his purpose. All of these you've learned, but do we know his heart? Have you ever given a thought? What moves the heart of God? What moves the creator of the universe to stop And to notice something, to give this undivided attention to you. Of course, there are many things that impress God, just like many things that impress you. But today in our text, it's distilled to one simple word. Actually, it's repeated through all the scriptures, it's woven into all 66 books of the Bible. All 40 of the different authors that God used to compile this beautiful expression of literature we call the Bible speak about this one word. From the beginning of the pages of Genesis what made Abel's sacrifice special and different. It's why Noah was singled out among many. It's the quality that enabled Abraham and Sarah to conceive a child. It's the common thread found in Moses and Gideon and Rahab and Ruth and David and Samuel. Even someone in active duty service, a Roman centurion, a military person like you, personally commended by Jesus for this specific quality. What is it? What is the one quality that stops Jesus in his tracks and gives his undivided attention? You know it. It's faith. And I would suggest to you, by God's word, not my word, that the clearest way that you can reach the heart of God is by faith. Faith, it's a complex word, but such a simple word. Faith is being sure of what you hope for. It is the conviction about the things that you cannot yet see. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But faith is simply this one word. It's trust, belief. And I realize for many of us, many of us, it's so hard to trust. But that's why we have the scriptures, that's why we have God's examples for us today. And in our scripture text today, we have three examples of faith that we read in our text. The first example, let's call it a father's faith. Jairus father of this 12 year old girl we look and look at the faith of the father today and second we see a desperate faith the faith of a woman who has tried everything her body has a serious serious medical condition she's alone she's a woman with a desperate faith third example of faith a laughing faith Faith that laughs at Jesus. We'll see how Jesus responds among those who have no faith. So, Father's Faith, verses 40 through 42, let's read it together. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. Falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had only one daughter, 12 years of age. She was dying. There is no greater nightmare for a parent, no greater fear, nothing will frighten a parent more than the serious sickness of your child. Have you been there? (laughs) Can any of you relate? I still carry the memory of a young when I was a young father. My firstborn son had a really bad, really bad sickness, super high fever. And as we were holding him, his eyes rolled back in his head, and he went blue. I thought for sure we lost him. Son went unconscious right before my eyes. I remember my wife's frantic scream. My father was right there. He's a paramedic by trade. He called the ambulance and things happened so quickly. I was so overwhelmed as a parent. Imagine some of you might say, um, Do I go to Jesus or do I call 911 for What do I do? Obviously, obviously, do both. But this is the faith of Jairus, a man who does not have 911 or an ambulance. And What does he do next? This is the faith of a father. It's a bold faith. And Jairus has a faith with movement. He's not passive. Jairus is in a crowded area and Jairus moves his way. He finds his way to Jesus up front and personal. And he implores him. I'm sure there's lots of emotion. He goes right to the the face of Jesus. I remind you, Jairus. He is a community leader. He's a leader of a synagogue. He's a respected man. You might think a man of his stature would be careful about his reputation, about his about his parents before others, but no. His love for his daughter is so compelling. And he's seeing something in Jesus so more, he rushes to his feet. He has no problem going right to Jesus. He's vulnerable. He's transparent in front of the community his love for his daughter, his faith, this father's faith. I want you to see this father's faith. Fathers, I cannot emphasize enough to you, to myself included, how much your faith, how much my faith is so good, it's so healthy, and so needed. Yes, your mother's faith is special. Yes, your mother's faith is so important, but father's, Fathers, fathers, your faith steers the family ship. Your faith touches your wife and your children in deeper ways that only you can do. Fathers, there's so many good things that you do. You provide, you protect, you work, you're very responsible, you're a great cook. But your faith, your spiritual life is so important of course never be fake you must be real you can't let your faith be someone else's faith be yourself but don't be afraid to pray with your children don't feel afraid to talk about your faith to ask the hard questions and the things that you need to figure out in your life too that maybe are a stumbling block to you figure them out in your life press through them your example has such a profound effect on your family consider gyrus here in the text when your life falls apart what do you do where do you go to whom do you run we all run to something something gives us comfort we always run to something when something goes wrong in our life but gyrus made his decision and you my friend must make yours jairus's faith it's also a bold faith it's even a daring faith and there's some movement behind Jairus' faith too he's he gets up front he goes right to jesus he's not concerned about his reputation fathers is your faith a little daring is there any movement to your faith how close are you willing to come to jesus but also notice that Jairus, it's not a, he's, he, he, he's not a passive faith. He, he meets right to the feet of Jesus. He comes to Jesus' feet, and there's a thought here. Fathers, a word that I think we all wrestle through sometime in our life that you and I must wrestle through, it's the word submission. Are we willing to submit ourselves to the lordship of Jesus? breaking through the self-sufficiency, the pride that we all have as men, can we do it? Can we be submissive to the true living Lord of our life? But this is Jairus' example to us, the feet of Jesus. This past week, I was um, back in the States. I spent the week at Fort Hood. I did some specialized training with uh, the counseling skills that I do here in Stuttgart and had some training that dealt with some issues that we don't typically do or talk, talk about eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, how, and how trauma affects our human brain. All of the training reminded me just how important it is for fathers, And mothers to be men and women of faith. The culture that we set in our homes is extremely important. If you are overbearing, if you are a controlling father or a controlling mother, if your home is ruled by fear, be very careful. As you know, eating disorders are not about food. Eating disorders are about is a cry for control that we never had in our lives. So fathers, mothers, the best thing that we can do is to connect, to be attuned, to understand, to read, to be present with our children. Notice them. Read them, value them, love them. And like Jairus, here in our example of our text, be alert, be responsive like he is, to the needs of his family. Your faith, the faith of a father matters. Second picture of faith, you find it in verses 40, 43 through verse 48. Here it is. As Jesus went to Jairus' house, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Text says that she spent everything on these physicians, but none of them could have healed her anymore. they will miss the irony of this moment, too. A woman with 12 years of a bleeding problem is the same age as Jairus' daughter. For 12 years, she spent all that she had, but tragically nothing worked What caused the bleeding? Uh, Modern doctors and nurses have some good ideas, but I won't speculate. The text does not let us know. But what we do know, she was miserable. She was alone. The doctors that she's gone to have probably done more harm than good for her. What man would marry her now? I'm sure she was alone. Can you imagine her condition? Bleeding. Of course, therefore, she's not welcome in Jewish worship, ceremonial worship. She's always washing, always hiding, no place to fit in. No wonder this woman has a desperate faith. But the scriptures tell us what happened next. This woman, she came behind Jesus. She touched the fringe of his garment and immediately Her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are surrounding you. Everyone is pressing in on you. Everyone is watching you, close to you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. For I perceive that power, power has gone out from me. Sure, you would agree. Lots of people are spectators. Many people are interested in Jesus. Many people watch. Many people are waiting. Many people are curious about Jesus. But few really want to touch him, to be up close, to know him. This is the faith of this desperate woman. And this is the kind of face that connects to Jesus and to his power. There's a very tender moment that happens at the end of this interchange between Jesus and this woman. When the woman saw that Jesus, when she was not hidden, she came trembling to Jesus, falling down before him. She declared in the presence of anyone here that she had touched him. How she'd been immediately healed. But Jesus said to her, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What do you think that word daughter meant to this woman? Such a tender word. Spoken to a woman without any life saving, spoken to a woman without any inheritance, spoken to a woman without any father to protect during her, her life, you and I will probably never know how that word daughter on this beautiful woman. This is one more picture of faith in our text today. It's a laughing faith. We read it in beginning in verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house, that's Jairus, came and said, "Your daughter is dead." do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him and said, do not fear. Believe. She will be healed. When they came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and the mother. They were all weeping and mourning outside, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, she is sleeping. And they laughed at him. God works, even though we laugh at him. And aren't you glad that he does? They laughed at Jesus on the cross. The crown of the thorns, the robe, laughter didn't sway Jesus. Jesus. Abraham laughed at Jesus. So did Sarah. Couldn't have a child. Do you remember Remember the story? Sarah was 90 years old, but do you remember what she named her son after she conceived, after she left? Anybody here named Isaac? Isaac means laughter. A laughing faith. If we all admit it, we've been there. We laugh not because it's not funny. We laugh because we don't have faith. But aren't you glad that Jesus continues to move and work despite our laughing faith? The bedside of Jairus is where we kind of end our story. Jairus' daughter, bedside of Jairus' daughter, she's 12 years old. Her mother and her father are present. We have a glimpse of things to come. In a beautiful and very tender moment, Jesus takes this little girl by her hand. And in Mark's gospel, we actually have the very specific words that Jesus speaks in Aramaic Talitha kumi. Why don't you say that with me? Talitha kumi. Talitha kumi is such a tender word, a term of endearment that you might not even know if you were a Jewish man or woman. It literally means, my little lamb, it's time to get up. One of my favorite passages in all of the scriptures one that has impressed me deeply all of my life, when I've proclaimed at many, many graveside services, I also share with you this moment. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who sleep. Though you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died, And Jesus rose. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. With the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds. And then, just maybe, we might hear those words again, don't you think? Talitha kumi, Talitha kumi, my little lamb, it is time to get up. One thing that deeply impresses Jesus, you heard it today. I hope you remember it. Something that causes Jesus to stop. Something that causes the creator of the universe to take notice. It's faith. It's the faith of the Father. It's the faith of a desperate woman. You know what? Even while we laugh, this is the faith of Jesus that will raise his People to new life. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Hope you are too. So let's stand. Let's stand and let's sing our closing hymn together, shall we? Hymn number 526. Let's sing with awe and let's sing with faith.